Welcome into episode 69 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCASimmons, and at Night Sports Now. UCS spring game happened and it ended about two hours ago and we're here to talk about it. And we're actually here in person. It's our first in-person podcast since that one that was like borderline ASMR in the hotel room after the uh, the Florida game after the yeah because we had to talk we realized we were like shouting at like one in the morning in a hotel room yeah not that I cared because we were the only non Florida people <laughs> in that entire hotel but yeah. this is actually great because obviously you cannot see us because this is a podcast and not a video but I'd forgotten so there's a room in my house where we do the podcast and I'd, it's been so long since we did one here that I forgot that like I've totally moved the room around and now like there's nowhere for us to like sit so we're literally like knee to knee right we now really are. and i'm like this is like strange. very awkward and like, i don't want to make eye contact i he hasn't looked at me once since we started this guys oh he just looked at me and then he looked over <laughs> really quickly. yeah this is gonna be great yeah this I don't is gonna like be a top tier podcast all right well ucf spring game and this is like just I mean, should we start out front and just say like full disclosure we're gonna overreact to things but that's just what people do for a spring game man like I was determined to not have big reactions to anything that happens because we do this every year. And, like, at the end of the day, let's be clear. A spring game is just a practice with fans in attendance. That's what it is. It's just a scrimmage that they've yeah. done a billion times. Um, that being said, I might have switched to JRP. I might be, t- <laughs> I might be team JRP now after a year plus of backing Mikey. Oh, that's a tough thing to say. I feel bad about it. I feel bad about it. But he looked... Uh, okay, so... to be, I want to, like say really quickly because like some like people on twitter like some of the pro jrp crowd are like been taking a victory lap where they're like aha we knew better it's like it wasn't like bailey and i just sat down and watched a Ole miss highlight video and said we know jrp isn't good it's like everything that we've heard everything everyone in the know has heard from practice is that he hasn't been able to throw the ball like a couple days ago wasn't it chip Lindsay who's like it's like one of the things they were looking for is like is JRP's accuracy. Like, let's see if he can be accurate. Someone asked Chip Lindsay what JRP needs to improve upon, and he said he needs to work on throwing catchable balls. <laughs> so it's not like we just decided. All indications have been that he has not had a super good spring from a throwing perspective. And he came out in the spring game and, the spring game and looked amazing today. He had, he like, multiple good. great passes. He really didn't have any bad passes either. No, I can't think of I threw. I mean, he had some overthrows, and he had, like, I, I have a really, like, disorganized uh unorganized page of notes in my phone of just things that happened i know he had like a few like i think he overthrew Jalen robinson in the end zone one time but like even when i was like nitpicking things in my brain i was like he's throwing to Jalen robinson a lot early on and i was like all right let's just see him if he can throw to somebody else and like on the next play after i thought that he threw a touchdown to steven martin steven martin yeah you know steven martin you know definitely a person that i've heard of um i know he had a great day And, and like Listen, so one thing that was interesting to me that now I'm wondering about, even though I'm probably, this is like crazy overreaction to a spring game, is for those of you who like, I mean, Mackenzie Milton was not a very good practicer. That was a long-running thing when he was at UCF, and that was part of the reason that there was an open quarterback competition heading into 2017. But he was one of those guys where just then when he was under the lights, when he was in a crowd environment, he just played up to that. And, and that's been, and that's the thing for all sports. There are guys who play better in practice than they do in games. There are guys who play better in games than they do in practice. And Part of me now is like, is JRP just the guy where he just needs the pressure of it being a game atmosphere? I'm just, I'm so curious to know where he goes from here. And I think the thing too, it's, it's, it's important to note that Mikey didn't have a bad day at all. Mikey didn't have a, like, at, like literally I thought Mikey had a fine day. Yeah. He had a couple He looked throws. better than he did in the last he, season. Yeah. And he, there's certainly differences that you can see in his game and I think just in his demeanor. Um, but what I kind of came away, I think it was probably at the end of the first half, which was when they played the most. 
Um, at the end of the first half, my main takeaway wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm off the Mikey train and on JRP, or like I'm still on the Mikey train, JRP can you know go away. Um, <laughs> it was just more that like I feel very good. Like UCF's in a very good position that I feel, and I think like more or less I felt like that since like the beginning of the off season, like since JRP came, around, I was like, okay, like they both of them have their like pros and their cons, but I think no matter who ends up being the starter you know UCF will be in a good position but now that I've like seen them play with my own eyes on the field I'm like yeah I feel I feel pretty good one way or the other whoever it ends up being I think more so just with the way we saw JRP throw the balls like I'm more confident now if he ends up being the option option one but yeah it was I don't know it was nice to be out there if you're hearing a chirping there's a bird feeder attached to this window and a cardinal is currently eating some bird seed so that's that's what that chirping oh Bailey has now noticed the cardinal because it was behind him well we have like the long running thing of when Is we used to record in this room. When we used to record in this room with the squirrel. The squirrel, yeah. If you guys have been around long enough, you'll remember we used to deal with the squirrel that would come up on yeah. the feeder. So, um, but instead we have what the feeder was actually <laughs> meant for, which is a cardinal. Well, that's nice. Um, if you guys didn't know, female cardinals are brown and male cardinals are red. If you did not know that. Wow. Anyway, back to the football game. Um, the thing with JRP is, if he can throw the ball the way he did today consistently, then to me the race is over. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the one thing in my brain where I was like, wow, didn't expect like I didn't expect this because I had, we said on our spring game preview podcast it was like this this kind of game a spring game where quarterbacks aren't live was probably set up more so for what Mikey's good at and we weren't going to see a lot of you know scrambling running around which is what JRP's was is good at but he came out and threw the ball like he wasn't just it wasn't just like short throws he was making good short throws making really good intermediate throws. And he had a couple deep balls that was just like I think it was the first one where he threw that touchdown where he let yeah. the let the receiver perfectly got the ball over the defender, which the receiver like, was pretty much wide open. But yeah, he's it was still the ball was right on time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we saw times last year. I mean, again, Mikey's a freshman. We're going to pile on a freshman, but there were times last year where receivers open and Mikey just missed them. He did it, I think sure. once or twice today. Yeah, it happened once. So today. it's just I mean the fact that he's able to get the ball over the defender because I think the the receiver had a step or two on the defender, and then there was one later where um, no, that might have been Mikey. It was so hard to you know keep track of everything throughout the whole time. Why didn't you just scan um, the QR code after each? Oh, play? it was JRP. It was JRP went on the touchdown to Kobe Hudson on the fifty-eight yarder. Kobe Hudson just got wide open. Yeah, and so like he had some of those that were deep where it wasn't really like anything anybody competing for the ball from the defense. But he also had some where he threaded the needle perfectly, especially on some of those intermediate like fifteen yard down the field throws. So my caveat to all of this is like he may have just had like the best practice of his life. I mean, that's possible. totally possible because, yeah. you, like I said, we also have all of spring ball where throwing the ball was a struggle for him. But I, I guess my new take is I had been, like, really confident that Mikey was going to end up the starter and JRP was going to end up the gadget guy. And I don't necessarily not think that's going to be the case because, to be honest with you, JRP being, being able to throw makes that even more enticing in some yeah. ways because it forces defenses to stay honest in those situations. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't just stack the box because JRP well, comes That's in. what I said, too, is, is we saw it last year when they ran the gadget plays with first Joey and then uh, Parker Navarro, it was like, when they came in the game, they were always running. Yeah. And so I was like, if, if they're going to use JRP in that role, at least throw the ball a little bit. Like, have that as a threat. And if he can throw it like he did today. The fact that you could technically bring in, Mikey can start and you can bring in JRP on a gadget player. Right now, not even that he's going to do it, but that the defense has to be aware of the fact that if you let a receiver slip past you, he might be catching a ball like 20 yards behind you. Like, yeah. that is huge. That completely changes how you set up your defense. Yeah. So there was no... Honestly, as far as the team as a whole, you could almost argue there were a couple areas of concern, but there was no, like, major bad news today. There really wasn't. I mean, I honestly, like, and like I said, it's so stupid coming from one game, but like, I or one spring game, 
But I just feel better about next season than I did before today. My bad news is the uh, the one, probably the down moment of the day for Mikey was that interception. And I don't even really, like, it wasn't a great throw, but I, I don't even really blame the throw or Mikey. I hate those out routes. Let's those all, get okay. jumped It was an out route that they went for on three straight plays. That was the third <laughs> yeah. straight play. And it's those, like... <laughs> those out routes get jumped and intercepted so often. Even in postgame, they asked Jaden Francois about the pick, and he was like, oh, yeah, they just tried that on me. So it's, it's, like, they ran, it's like, yeah, don't run the I same I also love Jaden Francois being like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have gotten chased down by Mike. He would have been a pick six if my hamstring was feeling a little better. I yeah, I was like, okay, sure, buddy. Right. Um, he actually did. He actually did have a hamstring issue today, so maybe that's the case. I don't care. I made some joke tweets about it, but I legitimately love that in a spring game, Mikey chased him all the way down the field and then shoved it. When he was catching up to Jaden, I'm like, what is Jaden allowed to do to him in this situation? Can he, <laughs> he, can still, he still, like, can he stiff arm the quarterback in a spring game? I don't know, but Mikey made the tackle. And he, it wasn't like a tap. I mean, he shoved him out of yeah. bounds. So, yeah, I don't like, I'm not freaking out about Mikey over that pick. No. Like I said, it was a stupid play, to be honest with you. And it was not a good throw, but, you know, that's I life. Them. I hate those. Um, one of the things that, like, really, I just was really enjoyable to see was there's so, there's so much talent, both at running back and receiver. And I think we can go so many different ways with this, but Jalen Robinson looking like Jalen Robinson, that that was a sight to see. That has changed like more than anything we saw today. Changed my expectations for the coming season because just that was so much of the problems last year. Is they just they basically had two wide receivers who could play. Yeah, and Jalen looked like vintage Jalen. He and looked like you, wide receiver one Jalen Robinson. If yeah. you can pair that with new and improved Ryan O'Keefe and Kobe Hudson, who looked great today too, yeah. like holy hell, man. And Jalen had good chemistry with both the quarterbacks. He yeah. caught touchdowns from both of them. So it's not even like, a, oh, you know, the right guys to start. That, like, I just, I, that's the great thing about being in the middle of the state of Florida is you're just always stacked at the skill positions. Because it's, it. I mean, they look, the receivers as a whole look so good. I mean, all the way down the roster. I mean, Amari Johnson, Jalen Griffin, all of them had great days. Yeah, no, it was a lot. And then I think one of the stars of the day was Johnny Richardson. Who played more than I thought he would? Remember we talked about it on the the preview podcast. Where it was like we we didn't see Isaiah Bowser, which wasn't surprising. Yeah. But I was like, would we even need to see much of Johnny Richardson? Like why? Like why play him? Because we know what, what Johnny Richardson is. But he played a lot in the first half, and he was breaking free for I don't know what fifty yard runs. That fifty yard run, runs, I, was... I, I went back and count. He broke five tackles. <laughs> like I, Johnny, who's like a, he's a small guy. He's not yeah. like a tackle breaker. So I have to give a big before I forget one of the running backs that really stood out to me from a single play as a guy we're not going to see it all this year and that was Jordan McDonald came in with Tommy in the second half <laughs> just, hammered just bulldozed like four dudes on the same play I mean I I knew he was big but I mean whole, I, he looks like a different level like he yeah. look he looks like he's in the wrong weight class for the sport like it, it was speaking was cool. of running people over though I have in my notes here I just like the things that were, were happening as I was watching and I just have um, where is it I lost it wow that's good. Uh, I wrote, I wrote MAR just ran someone over. So MAR had a good Mark day Anthony too. Richards was running over people. MAR too, had so. a good day too. All the all the triple initial people had good days. So John Rice Plumley, Mark, Mark Anthony, Anthony Richards. It's only those only those it. two. That's oh, it. okay. You said all of them. I was that like, is all like of them. there more? All of them had good days. Um, well, good for all of them. Daniel Lebarski made more field goals than Colton Boomer. So we didn't. Can... That's that, I was annoyed with that. Did that, Colton only get the one attempt? I'm pretty the sure they gave yarder. Colton a 53, 54 yard field goal, which he almost made. He came about a yard. Short. I was so prepared <laughs> when he for him to make that. I was going to tweet call the competition right now. I was going to tweet something like, "All right, it's over. Like I've seen enough." He literally came like I'm not exaggerating a yard. I almost short. did it anyway. I was just like, okay, well his because I told Christian I texted him and I was like. His 53-yard field goal attempt like looked better than uh, Obarski's 51-yarder and the uh, Gasparilla Bowl, and it did. So if that was a 50-yarder, we're judging. Done. If we're judging the how bad, uh, if we're judging our kicking competition on the misses, 
that it's over. It's but that has to be kicking. Uh, okay, what do you think that? What if that's the plan for this year? What if Colby's going to take the long field goals and? Because I still Obarsi's don't feel good. I still one. don't feel good about Obarsi on the short field. How many games can a team win if it has two quarterbacks and two kickers? Nine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I the thing I told you this yesterday too. I'm tired of the the narrative, which it's. I don't know if it's just. I mean, I know Gus has to like bump up his players and stuff, but I'm tired of the oh. Daniel Obarski is so much more confident after the Gasparilla Bowl when he made, what, two 30-yard field goals and, like, another one, like, from 20-something yards out. Like, all right. Congratulations for <laughs> making kicks that you're supposed to make. Okay, but what did you want Gus to get up there and someone's like, oh, what do you think of Daniel Obarski? And he's like, well, he made all his kicks, but I still hate him. No! Like, like, what, are you supposed to, what is he supposed to I don't know. It's just like he has so much more confidence from that game. Like, there's no way that, like... Maybe, Listen, maybe, I will but. I will accept an Obarski that can even just make 30-yarders because even that as recently as, like, late 2020 wasn't yeah, even guaranteed. Yeah, I just it, it, I want I want a kicker that when he goes out for a kick that's more than forty yards I'm not like well we're just giving the ball to the other well team. but honestly we we talk about it kind of jokingly but that was a huge part of what limited the offense last year was. was they literally they had to get inside the twenty yeah. to be competitive from field his range. career long is like forty one or something like that forty two maybe so anytime he was up like a forty four yard field goal which is like it's a long field goal but like a good kicker should make it there are there are only. In all of college football, 130 FBS slots for a starting kicker. None of them should not be able to make a 40-yard kick. I agree. I agree. So just saying. I was no, but I was that was one thing I didn't really think about until now that I was disappointed. Is like we didn't get to see more. Like I think at the end of it, they should have just like lined them had up. Had a kicking up. competition. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. It would have been fun to watch. I would have watched it. Everyone else would have been like, it. "We're leaving. It's a kicking competition." Well, no, because they people had to stay so they could get on the field. So that's a good point. Hold them hostage and watch uh, watch a kicking. They should have invited them on the field to yell at the kickers. As they they should have. That would have been a good idea. idea. That's what they've been doing in practice, pretty much. <laughs> Just screaming at the kickers while they're trying to kick. Um, do anything else on the offense? Um, Thomas Castellanos looked really bad. All right. I mean, he did. Look I don't want to say really bad. He looked pretty bad. I mean, he had. Um, yeah. I mean, he had. He had some struggles. Now I know what you're thinking. You're probably listening to this like Christian. He's a true freshman. Why are you bringing up that he looked bad? Because of you, <laughs> listeners, who all randomly were like, "We've start. We have start Tommy. We've start Tommy." Never made sense to our true freshman. I still think that he's the future of that position. I really do. But I hopefully you guys saw him today and realized, oh hey, maybe we should stop pretending there's some chance he's going to start. Maybe we should. We should just go with. Two guys that actually have experience, especially time. especially when Gus goes to post game and says, "Yeah, I really liked how both our quarterbacks played." <laughs> yeah, Kimor Gamble made a couple nice catches. Did he? Yeah. When did that happen? I don't know. He had like three, or two or three. Oh, so for the record, guys, I may have been in the press box, but I missed basically all of the third quarter because a top three hundred player committed from the stands. Oh yeah. So then that became my focus. So, uh, that's, do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to go on to the uh, defense? Let Let's finish spring game and then we'll okay. talk about that. Okay. Let's do that. Um, I think early on I was like, wow, the offense is kind of just going all over the defense. And then my mind readjusted and was like, yeah, it's a spring game. Like, the defense isn't – I don't think the defense is running anything really complex. And they really like, weren't. They also weren't showing aggression at all, which right. is fine because you're not trying to yeah, get you're hurt, not trying to hurt spring your spring players. You're not trying to, like, go all out, which, you know, it's, it's a, like, a little bit more amped up than a regular practice, but it's not that much more. It's still your own team. so It's easy. And like I said, that's why I don't – because some people are coming away from the game and they're like, oh, my God, we are going to put up 48 points a game next year. And, like, I do feel better about the offense than I did <laughs> – before the game, but also, again, like, you know, they, you're, they're going to be playing other defenses, not the defense that they go up against in practice every single day. I so. think if you want to, like, overanalyze what the defense, like, what the defense did, the pass rush looked good. I mean, they, like, really they, good. they called, you know, the quarterbacks aren't live, so anytime anyone got near the quarterback, they called it a sack. Okay, here's a point of concern, though, on that topic. There were, like, two, I think two of those sacks was, like, an O-lineman just straight up missed an assignment. 
which yeah. that was concerning. <laughs> that's not ideal. That's the that's the funny thing about spring games. It's like if someone does something well, I mean somebody on your team also messed up. So I know. It's not really like. I mean, well, they've been talking about with the O linemen. They've been like trying. They talk about like puzzle pieces. They're yeah. trying to find the right combination. I almost feel like part of that is if you're gonna have a group of guys and they may, as there may be miscommunications on yeah. role. But so that's presumably something that won't be an issue once they've nailed yeah. down I mean, who that group is. It's definitely gonna be a work in progress right now. But I yeah. think once you get to game one, especially game two you're not going to have that problem as much anymore. But, like, some of the guys, like, Keenan Hester, who I've talked about on the podcast, is, like, he stepped in for Kalia last year when Kalia Davis got hurt. And I was really impressed with him last year. He was impressive today. I think, I don't know how many sacks he's credited with. I think he got back there two or three times. Um, I think, I've, I think like, I, just, I don't know why. I've just become a big Keenan Hester guy. Anytime he does something well, I'm, like, I'm more celebratory for that than just any, about anybody else. You're so, a big Keenan Hester guy. I am. But he looked good today. And honestly, he gets a lot of hype just because he came in last year in a situation where we weren't expecting to see him. Yeah. And was admirable. Yeah. So I'm not worried about, I'm really not, like I said, there have been spring games in the past where I've come out and been like, okay, this is going to be a real problem, but there hasn't really been anything like that from this spring game. They need to add a linebacker. They need to go get a linebacker. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. So the pass rush looked good, but if anything, if you can nitpick anything, it's just that against the run, like they were wide open holes, like constantly. Like I said, Johnny looked good. MAR had a couple like runs where he basically mm-hmm. just was like there was just a literally as you said a gaping hole and he just yeah. walked through so that needs to not be a thing it's not necessarily the best thing but um but you know what if I, like I, I think i've said this before like any defense ever if i had to pick one group to be the strong group i'm picking the d-line 10 out of 10 times yeah you know i mean that's like what are the like it says like the truly and i'm not saying ucf's at this level because they're probably not but like the truly elite teams in college football the two main ingredients are an elite quarterback and an elite d-line so yeah. i will take the d-line being the strongest part I of the defense was very annoyed at that one pick coming off the board because they called pass interference on Brandon Adams. That was very... Oh, was that Brandon Adams? They called the pass interference on him. I, don't, oh, was I, couldn't, pick, I, I couldn't tell if he was the one who got the pick or not. because Who threw that? Did Mikey see. throw that? I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so. It wasn't, but it was it was pass interference. I mean, that's why it got picked. It was pass interference. Yeah, that's why I think I texted you in all caps. I think I texted you, oh, piss off, ref. <laughs> but, like, I don't even know who those refs were. <laughs> those real refs are, like... I assume they work for UCF. I don't know. Yeah. My, my favorite stupid call of the day was... JRP, I don't even remember what the situation was, but he scrambled and he got out of the pocket and he darted downfield and, like, he juked a defender and the defender, like, reached and, like, got his fingers on, <laughs> like, JRP's down. shoulder and they were like, that's the end of the play. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, he was about to get to the end zone. Yeah. So that one annoyed me, but so what can you do? That was what I was saying, I think, on the podcast, the preview podcast was, like, I thought, I mean, I ended up being, I guess, right on it. I mean, I was wrong on Mikey outperforming JRP, I'd say. I'd say JRP probably came away looking the best. I would say that for sure. But I did also make that prediction of him having at least one play where he would come away and people would talk about it. So I guess that makes sense. But We just never guessed that it was going to be like a 38-yard pass to the end zone. But yeah. Right. Um, um, I'm looking at mine. Uh, so I went 0 for 3 on predictions. I had Mikey Keenwell outshine the other quarterbacks. The secondary will come away as the most impressive part of the defense, and JRP will throw multiple picks. So Yeah, I went 1 for, for 3. I just went 1 for 3 because I, I got the JRP one, but yeah. didn't get the Mikey one, didn't get the Brandon Adams interception. All right, should we do our grades? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, Tommy, so, so yeah, Tommy didn't look great, but he also had, you know, I think there was maybe a couple. One especially where he, like, darted out of the pocket for a 20-yard gain. Like, that, he, he showed some of that, you know, Escapability stuff. He looked fine with his legs. He just looked like he didn't look comfortable throwing the ball. Yeah, which I think if if you're a true freshman quarterback who's been here for a couple months, should be in high school right now. You're probably yeah. I mean, you're probably like that. That's part of the part of your game that's probably going to come along. Yeah, later. It also is just stuff that comes with learning too. Like there were a couple different plays for him where like. It was like he saw a ghost. Like he suddenly like jukes and runs out of the pocket. And I'm like, the pocket was clean, man. Like, <laughs> like why did you do that? Yeah. Um. Maybe he just didn't want the. Uh, 
maybe he didn't want the play to end because he knew if anyone got near him, it was going to be over. And he's like, I just he's like, let me buy myself some time here and just roll out for no reason. Um, one last one, I, we, I didn't mention him. Lee Hunter had um, a couple nice plays. Yeah. And he also had hands to the face penalty. I like him already. He's He, he tackled uh, JRP, even though know, quarterbacks weren't live. I forgot that was him. I didn't yeah. catch you who so, tackled him. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That's no, but I think We like that level of aggression. Well, yeah, I just think it's probably one of those things, like, in the moment, he kind of just, like, probably forgot. was like, it's a, it's a football game. Well, you're taught to, to play football a certain yeah, way, like, yeah. the quarterback right now. He's, he's scrambling. It also like, wasn't like he him. wrapped him up and yanked yeah, him down. He, I mean, he like, got a hand on him and yeah, fell. Yeah. <laughs> so JRP fell with him. I yeah. mean. No, I, I, like, I liked what I saw from Lee Hunter. I liked what I saw from a lot of the, a lot of the defenders, which we'll get on to. We'll talk about our grades here. Um, we're going to go offense first. Yeah, all right, offense. I, I gave them an A. Oh, are we doing pluses and minuses? Yeah. Okay, I did an A minus. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like an always room for fair. improvement. Yeah, there's always room for improvement, and I thought like there was some missed throws, there was some missed assignments from the offensive linemen, the sacks, like that kind of stuff. So I feel like A minus was pretty fair because I came away like the most impressed with the offense. But I yeah, want to throw an A plus. I um, like I said, I just I thought the offense had a great day. Yeah. Um, like you said, there were a couple things here and there, but it's just basically the offense so exceeded what I was expecting going into it. And Gus Malzahn talked about that in postgame. He said that, you know, the expectations for the offense are not the same as they were last year. Like, he was clear, like, the offense needs to be very good this year. And I don't know. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. A, like, one of the things that ups that grade so much for me is the fact that they, the offense looked consistently good regardless of who the quarterback was. That was yeah. very comforting to me. And it's going to make that picking that job really difficult for this coaching And step. for the most part, like, no matter who the skill positions looked. They yeah. were, like, a lot of skill position guys were looking really, really good no matter who was playing quarterback. So it was just like, they can rotate so many of those guys in. Gus said in post game that he feels like they have real depth now. He said the thing of the difference between depth and real depth is that in real depth you have guys who could be starters who aren't starting. And yeah. it did feel like that. I think like, depth is just like you just you have people back there. But you yeah, you have guys that can yeah. get on the field you have and bodies. play. But <laughs> yeah, but no real depth. And like like I said, like that's what was missing last year is they just had so many injuries. They had attrition from the coaching staff change and a miss on the previous recruiting classes. Yeah, that they just when when the bo- like the bodies weren't there and. That will make all the difference because there's going to be injuries in the course of the season. But now, like, if, God forbid, a wide receiver gets hurt, you know that there's a Jalen Griffin who can step up and Amari Johnson who can step up. You got, like, 9-0 linemen, apparently. Like, <laughs> I, it, it, that makes such a difference in the ceiling of your season. Yeah. Um, defensive grade. I went B-. minus. I said B. Okay. We're pretty close on yeah. these. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think, like, we mentioned this already. It was, like, they had, they had the, the... I don't know. The run game was where you probably, like, come away the most concerned but again it's it's a spring game so I don't want to like put too much like, like oh they looked horrible but, that's the thing I just like I wasn't going to give them much lower or higher than that because it's yeah. a spring game you know? but I think probably one of the things that I, I knocked them for too though is like they had the interception by Jaden Francois but they didn't come away with like I thought I was expecting to see a little bit more and I guess it's good it's good on the offense for not turning the ball over but yeah. I was expecting to see like, more splash plays like more like I don't know I just didn't see a lot it was kind of like yeah they were back there but like, I didn't come away thinking like oh the secondary like they made a lot of plays. They got hands on. They got yeah. hands on the ball, and they got a bunch of like. Well, part of it too is like when you like, how are you supposed to stop a healthy Jalen Robinson? Like, I don't know. Like that's a tough. That's a tough ask. Hey, I'm, I don't have um, an answer for that. Hopefully, other teams won't have an answer for you this season. Yeah. Are you surprised that this kind of back to the offense that they only ran one trick play attempt today? Didn't they run two? Did they? If it happened it in the, the third quarter, play. I was no, not. No, it was the same play. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Um, I missed one of them then. Because it was the. It actually no. So I've said earlier that it was Mikey on the pick. It wasn't. It was, oh, right, because that was Ryan O'Keefe. 
Oh, yeah. They ran around and Rhino Keep just threw the ball up and someone came down with it. They called pass interference. Was Mike even the quarterback on that drive? Now that I think about it, I think it was drive. I don't remember. I don't remember. But, either um, way. but then I think they ran the same play and they might have run it with. No, maybe they ran it with Rhino Keep again. I don't know. But I think they ran that same play twice and I don't think it worked either time. <laughs> but oh, well. I am kind of surprised they didn't do anything else. I'm surprised they didn't run the Paul Rubelt with Mikey Keene on his back play that we came up with last week. I know. Apparently there are no listeners on the football team, which is a disappointment to be sure. Um. <laughs> I don't know. It honestly felt it was so freaking hot, and by the time a couple of guys went down, the second half they were clearly like, "We're gonna just get, we're just gonna end this." Like they yeah. they ran, they had the, they started the running clock. They basically were just like, "Let's get out of here." But it was funny. I little peek into how my day went. I literally just moved around like five times. I got there at like eleven probably when the gates opened, and I went, sat down, and I was like, "All right, this will be my seat." And I was sitting there for two minutes, and I was like, "Why am I gonna sit here in the sun for the next fifty-eight minutes?" And so then I think I went down there again. Then I came back up and picked another seat, and I was like, it's still too early to be out here. And then I went back down there again, and I finally picked up my seat for the first half. Oh, no. Before the game, I tried to see, because I saw people, like, under the, you know those, like, the one, the seats you talked about in the past? Where, the like, nice ones. The little yeah, tables. They're, like, little the, tables on the walkway. On the wall, yeah. yeah. I saw, like, people up there, and I was like, wait, can you just get up there? And I tried, but you can't. Oh. It was, I think that was, like, if you would have bought the Roth Tower ticket or whatever. Like, That's the, unfortunate. The Tower Club. I bought the Stadium Club one, because the Tower Club was no longer available. So I had to go back down to my previous seat. And then after the first half, I was like, I'm going to see if I can just move up a little bit and try to get in the shade. Turns out there was no shade, really. But yeah, I moved around a bunch. It was fun. So the second half, yeah, the second half I paid less attention, I'd say. But I, Like I said, as soon as Isaiah Nixon committed, like my attention span to the game drops because then I was trying to like figure out. like He'd gotten... We'll, we'll get into that. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah, I so keep trying to direct us yeah, to yeah, that in the middle of other grades. conversations. All right, Mikey Keene. Mikey Keene. Are you going first? I guess. Let's have gone first problem. Yeah. I gave Mikey a B. Really? Yes. Um, he threw a pick. Yeah. It was it was a bad throw. Yeah. And I'm basing this off of he looked like he definitely looked better than he did last year, but I came away thinking you are the accurate pass heavy quarterback. You need to come out of the spring game looking like the best one, and him not doing that drops it to me. Interesting. I gave him an A minus. Wow. Because okay. I thought he had I thought he had a good day, and I thought, yeah, he the interception wasn't a good throw. He had he missed some throws. I mean he three threw touchdowns, right? Yeah, I mean, I, he three, had a good day. three or four on maybe. I don't yeah. really remember the stats or anything, but you know, he made some really good throws. He, I think a couple times looked like he was escaping the pocket, like he, he could have taken off. I know, like, in the first drive, he like got a th- he had a three-yard run, and that was nice. Um, it was just, I don't know, it was just more less the three-yard run and more the idea of he saw there was a lane there and just took it. So And again, what were we going to tell about from the spring game? You know, yeah. it's like, that, and it, it did seem like he did a better job of You could see that he was looking a little bit. One of the one of the things, it only had a couple plays, and I think it's just something that he's probably still working on. It was, I think, one of the quote unquote sacks that he took was he was just his eyes were completely down the field, yeah. and it probably should have looked to bail out. And and then there was still some more of those plays where that got annoying last year, where like he would roll out and then there would just be nothing there. I don't know how like there's no improv- improvisation. I don't think it's even necessarily on him. I think it's more like a receiver thing. Maybe it's just if it's maybe I don't it's, know if it's just the design. It could just be what they taught. They teach him like if you if you roll out and there's nothing there, throw it to the ground. And don't well, throw it in I also thought it was yeah, interesting because it felt like, especially in the first half, the play calling was completely different for Mikey. He was getting lots of like, like screen plays. He was getting the and, plays like, that he had last year. A lot of throws like behind the line of scrimmage. Then JRP, they were letting him chuck it downfield. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just think, at first I was like, was there a different play caller for each of the, like, I don't know. It was weird. They do have two offensive coordinators. They do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. But I think more as the game went on, they kind of got a little bit. Yeah. Maybe no, they, both, was, they both started getting Maybe it was plays. because in the first quarter... 
JRP was he was running with the ones, right? Yeah. And so maybe once they let Mikey run with the, run with the ones in the second quarter. So you think it was less a quarterback thing and more a one two thing? It might have been honestly. I didn't that think about sense. that until now, but yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense because you know you, you're gonna you're gonna do things with Jalen Robinson that you're not gonna do with yeah you know the other ones. Yeah. Um. Great for JRP. A. Okay, I also gave him an A. Yep. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like that's I, why, he, that's I why was I expecting him to not look that good because he apparently can't throw the ball and he threw the ball admirably all day. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. They don't publish. Do they publish official stats at all or no? They did. I'm they, curious to know like what his like uh, completion percentage was and like that kind of thing. It didn't seem like he threw that many incompletions. They said um, that they it changed their answer like two times in the press box. No, I'm not sure if. But he had like I think four touchdown passes. I'm pretty sure he had a couple of plays again. It's like he couldn't get hit, so it was hard to tell. But. He had a couple plays where you could tell it, it's he was using his legs and doing what he does. Um, and yeah, so like I felt like I didn't want to make that big of a disparity. I don't didn't feel like there was that big of a disparity coming out of the game. It was probably more based on expectations. Well, it was expected- entirely expectations because the disparity now is that I thought they both had a really good game and I could see either of them as a starter. I was which expecting is, which to come out. I, I did. Yeah, what I, did, I was expecting is, to come out with Mikey looking way better than JRP. Yeah. So so it was kind of an expectations thing, but I still like felt like on on the day their performances were pretty close and that's why I put JRP as an A Mikey as an A minus and like I said before JRP may have just had a really good day like a whole spring of struggling to throw the ball is not wiped out because of a good spring game yeah. so we'll see but today he got an A he had a really good day yeah alright let's go to our, our breakout players of the day breakout play- oh, players or well we I each uh, have one okay so. I, for a second I freaked out that I was no, supposed no. to be the only one mine was Kobe Hudson I didn't really know what to expect from him at all to be honest with you especially since Jalen Griffin was getting a lot more hype which I wasn't necessarily upset with because if I'm being totally honest, there was a small part of me that liked the idea of the former SEC leading receiver not being able to beat out a guy <laughs> who came up the Juco route. But Kobe looked great today. I mean, just great. I mean, he's going to be a weapon. And honestly, like we talked about earlier, so much of the problem last year was they just didn't have, they literally basically did not have three receivers who could play. Yeah. And if you can have O'Keefe and Jalen, either Jalen, I guess, and Kobe Hudson, like that's so many weapons for whoever the quarterback is. And that just changes. I mean, you t- we talk about Malzahn wants to run a creative offense. Having options is what makes that creative versus last year where it was like, okay, is this ball going to Jordan Johnson or is it going to Ryan O'Keefe, you know? Brandon Johnson, not Jordan Johnson. Brandon Johnson. Oh, you, know, you, know what you know what I meant. Did he not play today? Oh, I don't even I don't know, know if he honestly. played. I didn't see him out there. Listen, um, guys, the QR codes were cool, but I had no idea what was who was who the yeah. entire game, so that was cool. Um, but I think Kobe Hudson caught touchdowns from both Mikey and JRP. And he had that really nice sideline toe tap catch. Oh, that was so nice. That was that, that was an NFL catch too. He got both feet. Yeah, in. yeah. So I mean, he was he was impressive. He was going to be my um, my breakout player of the day before we discussed, and I was like, all right, we're not going to pick the same one. What's a great spot to be in is I could see this season. I could see Kobe Hudson, Jalen Robinson, or Ryan O'Keefe leading the team in receiving yards. Really and with Quan Lee coming in in the fall. And Quan Lee, who's a true freshman, so he'll yeah. probably be like how Titus was last year. We'll see him occasionally, but he won't be a huge factor, I would think. But it'd be so fun if he was though. He's certainly a social media factor. <laughs> yeah, it would so. be so fun. Um, my breakout player that I'm going to go with on defense is Land- Landon Woodson. He had a good game. We talked about um, – let me see if I uh, – that was my notes I'm back home in Tampa. Um, when we talked on the, the spring game preview. It was like I, we more or less knew what, we, what UCS, UCF has in a lot of their D linemen and a lot of the front seven. Well, not front seven, just the defensive line, not the linebackers. Yeah. But he came away looking like one of the, the top guys today. I mean, I think he was credited, again, quote-unquote, with sacks. He had three of them. But he was just getting in the backfield, winning his matchups, playing really well. Um, and I think more in the past we've seen him kind of just like playing. He looked like a, a role player, like a bit guy. Like, he'd make plays every once in a while, but he was never one of the top guys. And, you know, they're looking for people off the edge to make up for the loss of Big Cat. So, you know, if it's, if it's Landon Woodson, cool. 
he definitely was exactly what you want to see from a great like D lineman where he just basically was causing problems every time he was on the field. Yeah. I mean, they had to account for him. And if you have a few of those guys, which I think they might, you can be really freaking good. I could have also gone with Keenan Hester, but I kind of didn't really feel like he was a breakout. Cause I don't we know, also I just, talked about the yeah, podcast. So, yeah, but I also yeah. just felt like, I don't know, he, he kind of broke out last year in my opinion. So Yeah. All right, should we talk about the player who committed from the stands of the game? <laughs> literally in the stands and was My like... My favorite move of the day. Dear Twitter, by the way, I'm committing. <laughs> I So it was Isaiah Nixon, by the way, listed as an edge. He's not only a four-star, guys. He's a top 300 player nationally. Like, if you aren't, like... If you don't follow recruiting super closely, I cannot overstate how stupid impossible it is for a group of five team to land a top 300 player. There's only 300 of them. There's only 300 of them, guys. <laughs> and half of those go to Alabama. So, but no, seriously, I just, and he'd been crystal balled to UCF a few days ago, so this didn't come out of nowhere. It definitely, I have never heard of a player committing during a spring game. I've never heard of a player committing the day of the spring game, to be honest with you. So that was shocking, but that is like... And him being there, just, yeah. In the stands, he tweeted, guys, I'm committing. So he, if he signs in December, which he seems like he's a hard commit from everything that's out there, he will be the sixth highest rated commit ever to sign with UCF. That's crazy. I, I can't overstate what a huge gift this is. I also can't overstate how much T Will needs to not leave this year, because we're cre- like I'm not not crediting Gus Malzahn because Malzahn's done a great job of like reorienting what the vision of UCF is, and it seems like recruits are really buying into this whole future of college football idea. But like T Will is leading the uh, you know the defensive recruits. Bailey just smacked his forehead, so I don't know what to make of that. I went to Isaiah Nixon's uh, little things as committed. One of the first. Um, our friend James Reed comment, uh, replied, but then one of the first replies that's not James, I see, is from someone named Jarrett NYC, and he's a Florida fan. He says, wait, UCF has a football program? And then someone kindly replied with the graphic of the final score of the last Florida game that Florida's football program played. So I just... People need to be more creative. Well, it's fun because the issue is UF fans have always tweeted stuff like that. They just haven't adjusted at all to the fact that they've now met on the field and lost to UCF. <laughs> and it just makes it so fun. It just, people need to be more creative with their smack. Like, Twitter, Twitter's annoying. But yeah. So, yeah. No, I, just, I mean, it's a huge get. And the the class right now, I mean, I don't know where it stands in line. It's obviously very early. But like with everyone they've gotten committed so far, I think it's like, was it three guys? They have three they, so I don't think we discussed on the podcast that Kaven Call, who was the four-star who committed after the Florida game, has now been bumped down to a three-star. That happened, Think I believe it was due to ESPN, because the 247 Whatever. composite puts <laughs> all those together. I don't know what, it happened this month. I don't know what he could have done in April to no longer be a four-star, but whatever. He's now a very, he's now a high-level three-star, so who cares? He's still, he's 382nd nationally, so if he has a good fall, he'll hop back in the top 300, and then UCF could have two top 300 recruits. Yeah. So, either way. There's, there's the other ones about Troy Ford. Troy Ford, Troy Ford who's nothing to joke about. Um... <laughs> The other thing is, Kevin Call and Isaiah Nixon, those are both top 100 players in the state of Florida, which the more of those UCF can land, the better they'll be. Last year was unquestionably the best class in UCF history. This one's looking to be exponentially better, which is an insane thing to say. And I don't know what's doing it. Gus, I thought it was interesting because I think it's a combo of they have this amazing coaching staff that everyone loves. They're going to the Power Five. But when Gus got asked about in postgame, he pointed to the Florida game. And said he said changed since the bowl. He said everything's changed since the bowl win. He said they're, <laughs> they're, in, they're in line for players they weren't in line for before. And that's why I laugh when... We included, we're like, it's a bowl game. It's not going to change anything. Players care about that stuff. And yeah. It gave UCF all the ammo they needed to be like, the state of Florida's up for grabs, you know? <laughs> so that huge, huge commit. Well, I mean, the three the three commits that we just named, all defensive guys, which plays to your point that T-Will just didn't need to keep All edge rushers, I think. I think Troy, isn't Florida just like a linebacker? Is like, he? I, think, okay. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's an inside linebacker. I shouldn't speak. Who knows? 247, they, okay, so they're all listed at edges, but 247 oh, yeah. isn't always spot on with that, so... 
Yeah, I mean, I spoke out of turn there. Probably. I didn't. I don't actually know. But no, I mean, that's. <laughs> I'll tweet at him at Troy Ford. What kind of <laughs> linebacker are you? <laughs> that's a heck of a start to a, a what's it called recruiting class. Seriously, give T Will all the money. Or actually, get, I think this was more about a. Uh, this might have been more about Kenny Ingram than anyone else. So that's maybe get, give Kenny Ingram all the money. <laughs> I mean, let's give them both a lot of money. Let's give them all, all <laughs> give like, them all, all, the, all money. the money we have. Oh man! Screw the lazy river. Let's pay the defensive. Well, coach. that one guy on Twitter yesterday said that um, UCF was doing this QR code thing on the jersey because it, it just screams that this is a program with too much money. So <laughs> since they have too much money, they should just give it all to these coaches. First off, how much money do they think it costs to like <laughs> sew QR codes onto jerseys? I don't know, but also I'm disappointed. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think they really worked. The QR like, codes? Like, I don't I, think they were. I was trying. Work, I don't know. But I was trying. Like I was toward the end of the game. I was like, all oh, the fifth time I think I changed my seat. I was like sitting in one of the um, empty like handicap ones that are like in the front right there. Yeah. Um, and like after like for a second like someone was I forget who it was. Oh, it was Brandon Adams. He was sitting there on a cooler and like he was being super still. And I got right up to the fence and like zoomed in with my camera and it just it like it was doing the square like it was putting the square around the QR code but it wasn't linking to anything. Else. So the ones on the jumbotron worked perfect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pretty, yeah, that worked. So we haven't we haven't talked to you guys since the QR code yeah. thing got released. Um, I love the reaction to so they said in post game that at uh, SJ it was SJ two A's idea yeah which I thought was interesting which didn't he also say last year he said that it was uh, Herb 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 Hand's Herb idea Herb came up. I never would have guessed that in a million years that Herb Hand came up with the Twitter handles listen right. my take on it is like the recruits seem to love it the players seem to love it so I love it that's kind of the that's, end of the game that's what Gus said about it didn't he I mean yeah like, that's what he said last year about the about the space uniform that's what he just says if recruits like it UCF should do it. Like, I don't care. The issue is that some people on Twitter were getting all held up with the practicality of it, which I don't disagree with. Yeah, but who cares? But it was more about showing that UCF is a place that will let players not only give them the freedom to try to build a brand, but will encourage that brand in any way they can. Yeah, but there are still schools out there, notable schools out there, that may be pro-NIL and may be fine with their collectives doing stuff, but don't want to participate. They, right. they, they, they don't want the school to actually be a part of that. And UCF is like, no, we will help. Like, you want help promote your brand, we will help you. We'll put links to your merch sites on our website. We'll put your social media out there. We'll promote you. That that matters to recruits. And you know what the other thing is? What was everyone on college football Twitter talking about on Friday and a lot of today? <laughs> there you go. They're talking about like UCF mean, spring game. Who, um, it was Connor, the, the photographer. He tweeted a little while ago um, a video of like him. I think he had a picture of um, from the spring game. And he scanned the QR code and says, did you like it? Cool. Did you hate it? Cool. Chances are you <laughs> talked about it, and that's all that matters. There you go right there. That is 100% it, though. <laughs> like, you know how hard it is to get people to care about your spring game on a yeah. national level? And guess what was the top, for two whole days now, the topic of college football has been UCF spring game. It was funny, because we were like, last week, we were like, what are they going to do to top Twitter handles in the back of their jerseys? They're going to put QR codes that link to the players. Should we predict now what next year is? I, I don't think we can even... Do you have anything in mind that you no. can even... I would say, like... I don't know. Where do they go from there? Um, They're going to... Instead of a QR code, it's just going to be a big picture of their face. <laughs> well, they could literally just do the helmet decals that they did for the 2017 USF game. I'm, I actually... Or I just bet, take those to an extra team. You literally just have, like, a, like a cartoon of them, like, on the side of the helmet. I actually wouldn't be oh, surprised no, if cool. those came back, because those... You know, the like, NIL the Isaiah era. Bowser shirt? Yes, how it's, like, the that, big... On the like, helmet? Yeah, put that on the helmet for I'll, every I'll be honest. I would hate that. And so to be totally real with you, I didn't like the decals in 2017 either, but the players love them, so I'm cool with it. And they just looked bad. Like, it was a cool concept, but they didn't look good. Like Yeah, I mean, like, far, far away, you could be like, why does it look like It was just like, weird. When they zoomed in, like, when, like, when, when they, they zoomed in, it was cool. Yeah. Picture, you could tell, like, what it was, and it was pretty cool. No, it was an amazing but, idea. I just didn't, you know. Yeah. Visually love it, which is kind of how I felt about the QR codes. They looked dumb, but yeah, <laughs> like, I was just very, it was, was such very, a good idea. I was very annoyed yesterday. You were very upset. I wasn't, I wouldn't say upset. I was just annoyed. 
but it worked out. Like I said, yeah, it accomplished it exactly. Like I don't think UCF put that out there and was like, people are going to love this and talk about how grateful they are for UCF for putting your Arkansas out there. They were like, this is going to be a huge conversation starter, and it's going to get recruits hyped up, and that's exactly what it did. <laughs> we can wrap up here in a second, but can we talk about the night before that one that that came out? Oh my god! <laughs> the oh night my god! Jersey. There's a couple different avenues to go. The first oh. one is like. I recognize I care more about UCF's uniforms than, like, maybe anyone who isn't employed by the school. Is that fair to say? I would say you probably care about them more than people that are employed by the school. Well, I assume the people who actually, like, designed them probably care about them more than I, I actually. Think so. I don't, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, I'm up there is the point. <laughs> so I know that I have, like, kind of a jaded view of what people know about UCF's uniforms. The amount of people who saw a jersey that they wore like four months ago in a game and were like, "Whoa, the new uniforms!" Like, I, I don't, the new I don't get that. The night before the spring game. I don't get how you could possibly have looked at that and not seen that that was a uniform they just worn. That's the one thing. Also, all of you who were convinced that it was new somehow, I saw people who were like, "Oh, the sleeves are different." It was both that it's the new Nighthead or that the sleeves are gray. I don't know why everyone decided this. It's just like what. Like, think logically. What We know UCF's getting new uniforms next year. Why would they order a slightly tweaked version of their old uniforms for a spring game? Why would they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on that? Why? Like, That's I, what I was thinking like, the whole time. I was like, logically, it makes no sense. It makes like, it even, never made any sense. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so that was that was so stupid. Like I, I just, like I said, the worst one to me was just the number of people who literally thought that was the new uniform. <laughs> it's a, a uniform they've been wearing for three years. I, I just, good lord. All right, well, I have two more things, and then we'll wrap up. That being said, if you want to learn more about UCF's uniforms, go to nightsportsnow.com, where you can see all of them ranked. You'll see the white Nighthead jersey many times since they've been wearing it for three years. <laughs> two two quick things before we get out. I, I enjoyed that when I got into the stadium, all the TVs, like, on the on the concourse were all playing the Gasparilla Bowl. That's amazing. And I just imagine, like, that couldn't have been on TV this morning, right? That no. was, like, UCF, <laughs> like, had the broadcast and, like, had what I have it on DVR. Probably. And they just, like, were able to, like, play the DVR on all the TVs. I just enjoyed that. Um, and then the last thing to mention is that UCF uh, women's tennis helped UCF wrap up the War on I four All Sports Trophy for how many years they've been doing this? I don't know. However many years they've been doing it, five, they've five, won it every year. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, there was that wasn't a suspenseful thing. I think it's like forty five to twelve now or something like that. And one, once upon a time, USF tweeted when it was nine to six. USF is now on the clock. They have one last chance to win the War on I four Trophy. I'm just. Do you think the trophy will continue into the Big 12? Because they can still theoretically play in every sport except football every year. It's just going to be one game. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I've gotten the vibe that Mahadra doesn't seem to value or care about the USF no. rivalry. Because so. we asked him about it the other day, right? And he was like, it's getting difficult to like figure out when we can play them in football. And he goes, like, it'd be nice to continue it, but it's possible that we don't. He seemed almost a little annoyed that he was getting asked about it again. <laughs> which He was know. just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, we can, we can get out of here because we've got more spring game coverage to come. We do. We'll be back uh, next week. This week. Well, yeah. Yeah, this coming week, we'll be back with episode 70 of the Pegasus Podcast, and we'll be wrapping up extra spring game takes. We're going to have a guest with us, be joining us. Are we hiding who the guest is? Yes. It's Jason Beatty. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> this is why we aren't friends. I didn't realize we were, like, hyping it up. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, He's going to be a, our first three-time guest. That's right. Yeah. He's also our only two-time guest. Yes. yes. <laughs> Shout out Jason Beatty. We'll uh, be speaking with him next week. But, yeah, um, we'll be talking to him next week, so join us back then. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.